Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, aka Star Raptor, for episode 107 of Outer Rim Transmission. That's right. It took me 107 episodes to finally get an episode where I'm just recording solo mode. So this is not going to be anywhere near as long as our usual episodes. Unfortunately, Ben and Milton couldn't record with me this week because full transparency, I'm recording this on a Thursday morning. I have some plans on Friday yet again. Friday has cursed me with not having a schedule that aligns with our normal recording. And by the way, if you're looking for our normal stream time, this will also go live at the normal stream time premiering on nine o'clock at nine o'clock on Friday. Um, every Friday at nine o'clock, we will have some kind of content, whether it's pre-recorded or live. Most of the time it's live. And if it is live, be sure to join us where you can join in in our lively community discussions as we talk about all things Star Wars. But if that's not your speed, if you can't be by the computer after the fact, if you'd rather listen to us in podcast form, we have you covered. We will be on any podcast streaming app of your choice every Monday is when new content goes live on the servers there. So this week is another week where we're kind of in a dead of Star Wars. There's not a whole lot going on as far as new releases or anything. We had Visions, we had uh, the Young Jedi Adventures, and that's fine because honestly, since like January, we've been going heavy into Star Wars. Every week we've had one, maybe two episodes of Star Wars. So this is the kind of area where we can kind of catch our breath and just relish in the content we've gotten. We can look back, hey, how did we actually feel about Mando Season 3 uh, a month out after its release? How did we feel about Bad Batch Season 2? So it gives us a time to marinate because as Star Wars fans, we tend to really, like, it takes time to really think about how we feel about Star Wars. I was watching an interview on Victor Lucas's Electric Playground where he had Sam Witwer and David Collins talking on May the 4th, and Sam Witwer said it best, you know, that the people with the prequels really didn't like prequels up front. It wasn't until like 10 years later that people really started to appreciate the prequels more, and that resonated a lot with me, him saying that, because, hey, maybe 10 years from now, the sequel trilogy will be strengthened by The Mandalorian as it has been trajectory-wise going in that direction. So maybe we could possibly look at it uh, that way. So I, I, that was my kind of ruminations this week is just, hey, let's let's give it some time. It's nice to have this time up until uh, sometime in August when we're going to get Ahsoka. People are speculating maybe it's... August 31st is the number I've been seeing recently thrown around. Whether or not that comes true, who knows. But at least now we have plenty of time to look back on the avalanche of Star Wars content that we have gotten in the first half of 2023. As far as for my week in Star Wars, I have been nose down into the Star Wars Timelines book. I've just been absolutely loving it. It's 330 pages of every possible Star Wars event, big or small. And when I say big or small, they have included things like an attraction that was limited to time in New York City for the Secrets of the Empire, as well as Disney Springs and stuff. They had this VR uh, 4D experience where you're, you're you're given instructions by Cassie and Andor to go and infiltrate this uh, place on Mustafar to get this information. And so stuff like that, they have one-shot comic books in there. Like every little thing is on that timeline. Love the presentation. The presentations is awesome. Just seeing all the graphics from Marvel Comics to live action series to the animated stuff all represented on the same page. It's all one galaxy, all one continuity. I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. 
Currently, I'm also hunting down some legend stuff. Now, I haven't really started legends from from the first thing yet, which is the Dawn of the Jedi. But oh my gosh, it's getting r ridiculously expensive trying to hunt down uh, volume one of, of the Old Republic comics, uh, whether it be the omnibus or whether it be just a trade paperback. It's getting kind of crazy there. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to get that collection going. Finishing up timelines, maybe we'll finally start the expanding universe slash legends in this little time gap because there's also going to be a little bit of a gap between the Star Wars books. I believe the next one we're getting is not until August, I, I want to say, or maybe July. July uh, is the one with uh, Delilah S. Dawson. We're getting that book about the the rise of the Red Blade, the, the story behind the Inquisitor and that whole storyline. There was a synopsis that was released for that, by the way, which is fantastic. The synopsis basically stated it was going to dive into the Clone Wars and with her doing this battle and becoming the, the, the Inquisitor. So we're looking for a deep dive. Delilah Dawson has delivered every single book she has written so far. Uh, has been wonderful, wonderful stuff. So we did have a couple releases this week in comic book form. We had the finale to the four-part miniseries that was The Nameless Terror written by George Mann. Fantastic book. Ended in absolute terror, shock and awe. You can see my review for that. As well as my review for Bounty Hunters issue number 34. Another tragedy presented to us by Ethan Sachs. And it was the last issue of Paolo Vellinelli on Star Wars for the time being. At least maybe he'll revisit, but... His artwork in, in Star Wars Bounty Hunters, if you guys haven't checked it out, it lends itself perfectly to that storyline between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Whereas the title suggests there's a lot of action and violence and just absolutely awesome artwork. So I'm excited to see who else is joining the club when it comes to the artwork on that comic book. But man, oh man, I'm, I'm excited to see how, how that goes because uh, you can see my review exactly what I've seen. Um, what I read, but it, it's some good stuff. We only really have one major stores, Star Wars story to get into before we talk about our theme for today, which is the tabletop gaming future, the state of tabletop gaming in Star Wars. But we did get a nice little tweet from the Lucasfilm Twitter saying, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian to release season three on June 28th. Yes, yeah, so they're still going with that title, which is honestly pretty hilarious because uh, a lot of us have been out crying out you know like what are you doing with the title it's too long and exaggerated i don't know what's going on here um so that to me is something that uh i'm looking forward to but i thought it was kind of interesting we did not get an andor behind the scenes at all and they've been pretty good with doing all the marvel series we got one for obi-wan but we didn't get one for Andor, even though if you watch the Lucasfilm uh, Star Wars Celebration panel, there's a behind the scenes of Andor. And that's basically our live look at a behind the scenes uh, documentary for a Star Wars series or movie because they did a great job of bringing on the production designer, the, the costume creator, and which are the, the people you don't normally see doing those sorts of things. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, as far as with the Mandalorian season three, I'm I'm looking to see what what kind of insights we get. I'm looking to see how production went on that one as well. Maybe I don't think they would shed some light on. People are definitely heavily thinking that there was a 
point to make this kind of like rectifying for the Rangers of the New Republic, which we know was canceled mainly because of it seems like a certain actor wasn't going to be involved in Star Wars and they were going to be maybe the, po- the, the most popular character in that thing. So they kind of had to revamp on the fly and they had to just think on their heels and say, oh, let's kind of smush these two storylines of Mando season three with the Mandalorians and get some New Republic in there. Again, I don't I don't expect them to really admit that. That's kind of just too much in the weeds behind the scenes that they don't want to have get out. But um, but I nonetheless, it's these in, these behind the scenes things really interest me. I like seeing the puppetry at work. I like seeing the thought process. I like seeing the different directors get their chance to say about what they brought to these particular episodes. And the actors, of course, uh, I thought this was very interesting. We didn't get Pedro Pascal in the flesh at all in this season. So will he even be in the documentary doing some VO, I'm sure. But other than that, not much else. He was busy with The Last of Us. But when it comes to the Star Wars behind the scenes, right, we, we talk about it here all the time. That's that's one of the best things of Star Wars is seeing how it's made and, and just the amazing level of detail and coordination it takes to run a studio that's doing this show, that's doing three other shows and a movie all at the same time. There's so many moving parts. They got these schedules they got to adhere to. And Mando Season 3 took a long time to produce. I mean, through the COVID, uh, all that stuff, it, it was it was definitely a longer one. We hadn't gotten uh, Season 2 since 2020. So I'm, I'm very curious about that, the whole process of how it took so long and, and, it, and the visual effects, right? The visual effects itself are a lot to kind of pick up on um over time over time so yeah let me know in the comment section below first off what are you guys watching reading playing i'm still playing through jedi survivor by the way i'm trying to get as many collectibles as i can i'm on jedi net difficulty eventually i'll get the jedi master in new game plus and we'll see how that goes um but speaking of games while there's not a lot of news on the horizon, there has been a lot of the news on the gaming front of Star Wars, whether it be tabletop game, whether it be um, from, let's see, Fantasy Flight Games with their new reveal of this new trading card TCG Star Wars game called Star Wars Unlimited, or from the Mighty Minds at Atomic Mass Games, also underneath Asmodee, who are currently making Shatterpoint and Star Wars Legion. So I'm currently playing Star Wars Legion. We have a number of awesome expansions coming down the pipe. So I will invite you to check out the YouTube video because I will be showing off some really cool artwork and different things for this upcoming wave of Star Wars Legion. So first image here, Star Wars Legion is a tabletop game. First of all, it's a war game. So you're gonna use dice, you're gonna use movement tools to move your characters around a six foot by three foot battlefield. The objectives could be anything from holding territory to wiping out completely another side of the force to transporting and escorting things. It's a very dynamic game. Um, so what we see here first is they are having a return of the Jedi wave. And we've known that the Ewoks have been coming. It's almost been an inside joke for those of us that are in the community. When the game was first launched back in 2018, people I'm pretty sure were already asking for Ewoks. So it took us about five years if they were asking since then, but it looks like we're finally getting Ewoks in the game, which is fantastic because it's celebrating a perfect timing for the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. By the way, I'm still salty that I could not get out to a theater and see it. 
But I still have seen Return of the Jedi in concert with a full orchestra back at Comic-Con in 2016. But I digress. So looking at this, these are mercenary units. So you can put them only in a rebel unit. Um, and they can also be part of a battle force, which is going to be really fun. The Bright Tree Village Battle Force, which has special rules for how many units you can take. We don't know these exact details just yet. But as far as the miniatures themselves, they look great. You can have um, a baseline of six um miniatures in a unit uh, with possibility of two upgrade units so you can get a total of eight i believe ewoks in this as we take a closer look sculpts are looking really cool i love that ewok with the horn very dynamic with the little spears little ewok with the sling so they definitely have unique keywords that we don't know all of yet these guys, by the way, are coming out July 21st, I believe, definitely in the later half of July. Uh, we also have that tactical terrain of little rocks and different things like that. And I'm just overall liking the aesthetic of, again, just the movement base of these. Now, I am a little bit curious because there are other people out there on the Legion Facebook group of, where are the bow and arrows? Like, there's a package with a Ewok with a bow and arrow. Hopefully, that's another option you can build them that they just didn't include on this. But these are your Ewok skirmishers. Um, as far as for more units, of course, you can't have Ewoks without low grade and Wicket, who are going to be your commanders in this game. Um, these guys are going to be leading the charge. You've got to have a commander leading your forces in Star Wars Legion. So there you go. You got those two... Little cute fury uh, murder balls of death, murder bears of death there. Uh, getting a closer look on our prized possessions here. Again, look at this shaman-esque qualities of Logret. And, you know, I've struggled with painting Wookiees because of the fur. Uh, so I can't say I'm very much looking forward to painting these guys. I do play a rebel clone uh clone trooper republic as well as a um uh what is it called the the scum and villainy faction the um the people run by maul in clone wars all right I, I play those guys so i'm playing like three different armies i don't play the game enough i love the hobby aspect which is you know building these things you have to glue them together and painting them which is the, the funnest part for me because Spoiler alert, I'm not that great at this game. I'm not that great when it comes to tactics, but I can appreciate just having miniatures to stare at that are on my shelf or behind me or anything like that. And just to show off, uh, having cool little palm-sized, little finger-sized, whatever you want to call them, Ewoks, Shadow Collective, that was the force that I couldn't recall at the time. Uh, Shadow Collective, there you go. And a really fun feature for the next one is we have the possibility of bringing... And ATST on the rebel side. So they're going to have the rebel ATST uh, mercenary group uh, that you can bring. Because usually, of course, it could only be an Imperial. And I already have one for the Imperials. But now, the reason why, the reason why the rebels can use this big piece of heavy equipment, right? Is because, and I'm going to look for the image as I'm looking for the image. I guess I don't have the image. Um... It's not letting me show the image, but there is a possibility. Oh, there we go. There we go. There is a possibility of you sculpting this with a Chewbacca riding the ATST. And uh, for a quick little synopsis or quick little glance of what makes this different for the Rebels, it's, it can go incognito, meaning you could basically pull up to an Imperial and they 
aren't supposed to fire at you because they think they're, you're one of them. So fantastic. You also get a General Weiss, uh, General Weiss, General Weiss, whatever you want to pronounce it, um, as well as in this. So that's pretty cool. So a little bit more flair. I already have an ATS. I'm not going to shout another 65 bucks to build this and pan just for the, the Wookiee. But I know there are certain people that would probably do that. Um, as far as other Star Wars Legion content, they had a thing called... Um, there was a big convention right before Celebration. They announced a bunch of stuff for Shatterpoint as well as Star Wars Legion. We did get the confirmation that we are getting finally Inquisitors on the Empire side. So more lightsaber force-wielding characters in Star Wars Legion are coming um, by the way of the Inquisitors. We are getting an entire uh, new species. The Geonosians are coming to the Separatists. So that's going to be huge. Pago the Lesser, Sunfak, all those guys are coming to Star Wars Legion, uh, courtesy of Atomic Mass Games. Um, it's going to be a battle force. Uh, it's going to be pretty freaking awesome. We're also going to get Bad Batch. So finally, our prayers have been answered. We're getting the Bad Batch in Star Wars Legion. So a lot of great stuff coming down the pipe. But what's really coming down the pipe imminently, and I mean very, very close, I mean in the next, basically as of recording this, two weeks from today will be the big mega launch of a brand new Star Wars miniature game called Star Wars Shatterpoint. Um, I've been looking forward to this. I've been trepidatious, I, I will say. I've been trepidatious about this game because it's very much different than Star Wars Legion. Star Wars Legion is the... Um, macro view of an army battle where you literally have legions hence the name units of five or six guys maybe 10 different units so you're looking at like you know 40 50 dudes on a table on your side fight, fight another 40 or 50 dudes this is that personal connection okay you got mainly heroes instead of regular uh, generic round troops you got you know characters like ahsoka characters like asaz ventress characters like Django Fett, one of my favorite characters that has never been in any kind of miniature game that I could think of, right? So you have characters like these guys. And this is a game that's got a very stylistic approach. It definitely harkens back. They want it to feel like the Clone Wars, like a Saturday morning cartoon, kind of like the stakes are a little bit lowered, but it's a lot of fun. Um, this game company, Atomic Mass Games, had previously worked on another skirmish battle game, which is would fall into that category skirmish game um, of Marvel Crisis Protocol, which was basically as simple as it sounds. You have a bunch of uh, different Marvel characters fighting each other on a three foot by three foot, so a much smaller play area than Star Wars Legion. And this is basically, I wouldn't say it's a Star Wars version of that, but it's a Star Wars uh, kind of akin to that, right? It's like, okay, you got you got these guys, you have a struggle meter, you're fighting, there's different buildings, there's different elevations, as I'll show you right here. You got like a different kind of play area. Like this is what comes with it, I believe. Yeah, this is what comes with the game. Different elevations, you could force push people off. You could force grip people. You could throw them around. So there's a lot of dynamic um, type of movements and whatnot with this game. It's just, uh, let's see, like you got... So many characters, you know, Anakin, Captain Rex, Ahsoka. You've got members of the Death Watch, basically right off the bat. Um, Maldalorian, Super, Super Commandos, all those dudes. And that's not all. They, they've released like 
12 months probably worth of content um, on the horizon already. We have characters like the Night Sisters, Mother Talzin, Savazar Press, Iden Versio. You know, you got stuff even in you know the original trilogy. You got you got of course Luke. You got the the version of R two D two with the bar on <laughs> Jabba's palace. You know the different um, characters there. You got even Cad Bane coming down. You got Mace Windu. You got Plo Koon. You got a Padawan Ahsoka. The list goes on and on and on. What excites me about this game is just how dynamic it is and how you can actually. Um, have a chance of, at not being overpowered super quick in a game. A lot of times in these miniature games, like for certain start, it happens to Star Wars Legion sometimes. Like I'll paint up a really cool character, like oh I just painted up Padme, throw her into battle, and I move her around. The next thing I know, she's dead before I can really do anything in turn one. And I painted this really great model dead. This game actually has a barrier against that, where like if you get wounded, you don't immediately remove your your model you get like a second chance and then you would take them off the table if that was your like second stamina gone or whatever it is so i don't want to get too much into the weeds with the overall uh, you know key points of how to play the game but they have demos out now i know a lot of my local store my local store over there in uh, the gaming guild over there in yardville new jersey they they got their copy they're playing that already i'll be probably checking it out this upcoming weekend so maybe i'll have something to report on for my weekend star wars next week but yeah, I mean, this is a fantastic game too for value because not a lot of games that are miniature games will give you every piece of content you need out of the gate. Um, for what I mean by that is for Star Wars Legion, if you buy a core set, it'll give you two squads of like Rebel Troopers and ATRT and Luke Skywalker. That's like half your army. You still have to go out and buy stuff. And mind you, that core box would be like a hundred bucks. Whereas with this, you're given four different um, squads. It takes two squads to create a strike team, which is what you need to play the game. So effectively, if you buy a box, you and your friend could essentially share and have a full-fledged standard game without having to go out and buy another expansion. But they will have other expansions, like you'll be able to buy Count Dooku expansion, an expansion with Obi-Wan, and every time you buy an expansion, it's an entire squad, usually. Um, it's an entire squad that allowed you to field them right away. Uh, squad building is super easy. There's not any upgrade cards like Legion where you have to worry about, okay, what upgrade am I equipping? It's a lot quicker and, and faster as far as getting into a game. And like I said, the reaction abilities will allow you to like throw a lightsaber at somebody in mid-fight. You can repost somebody with a size Ventress and then maybe push somebody off of a ledge and then follow up for another attack. And right now, it seems simplistic from the fact that they only have one mission set where it's like, okay, you have these different objective points. You have to simply, it's like any other video game or whatever, contest the point. Whoever has more people there wins the point. But it is interesting with the struggle tracker and being able to move the point of the struggle tracker over. And if it gets to your side, Eventually you will win and it's a best two out of three struggles and that's how you can win win a game So yes, this is out on June 2nd by Atomic Mass Games if you guys have any hobby shops near you inquire Preferred to you know support your local retailers there, but if you're far away I'm sure you can get this off of the Asmodee uh, websites as well and a game that it was really, really out of nowhere. This game announcement came last week. Didn't have time to talk about it yet. Uh, but we have Star Wars Unlimited. This is a brand new Star Wars card game coming out. And 
this is a big deal for a lot of people because Star Wars Unlimited is the first TCG Star Wars game coming out of Fantasy Flight games. Um, there's been other iterations, plenty of iterations of Star Wars card games. And I'm a novice at this, so if I explain this incorrectly, let me know in the comment section below because my experience with, Star with card games are very, very limited, but this one actually excites me. Um, so for Star Wars Unlimited, um, this is a game like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering where you're going to get decks to build to fight other people by buying booster packs. You know, you go to your store and you would see Pokemon packs stuff. This is that kind of game. It's very much a highly collectible card game that's going to be highly competitive. So the experience that Fantasy Flight Games has had before is they've had what's called, I think, living card games or limited card games, uh, which would be like everything's in one box. You don't buy booster packs. Like, for instance, I think the deck building game is considered that where it's like, okay, everything is comprised in one box. You never have to buy anything else. Everything is there, but then you play your friend or whatever, and it's randomized. And then you also had Star Wars Destiny which was, I think, a TCG or LCG, whatever. It gets in the weeds with the acronyms, but what that game was about and why it ultimately failed was it was packs of booster cards you would buy, but they would have dice. So it would actually require you to use these dice that were, you know, that would link to these characters that you would get, and then that's how you would do damage and win a game. Unfortunately, this game did not last very long because supply issues, because, you know, when you build custom dice for every single little card that you get, that is not the most economical for a company to be able to prove something that in mass to the degree of a Star Wars license. So eventually Fantasy Flight Games basically stopped production on that game because they just got over ambitious. I've gotten enough cards from that game way long after it was dead and I realized I just wasted money because no one's playing this game anymore. Everybody quit because they just couldn't stand the production issues. So yeah, I have that game. Unfortunately it was a great it was a great game from what I played, but it was just like nobody would play with me anymore because it wasn't in production. So yeah that that happened. So people have already been kind of you know on the edge, kind of tedious kind of trepidatious about this game as well because Fantasy Flight Games, people were let down by them when it came to Star Wars Destiny. They, they really didn't like how they handled that situation, how everything went down there with that. So it's understandable. Um, but they're already rectifying a lot of that. Apparently, this game is going to utilize the most manpower that Fantasy Flight Games has ever had. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games used to be the developer, the lead developer on Legion, and they basically pass that off to Atomic Mass Games, who is also underneath the Asmodee um, umbrella as well. So it's it's interesting to see how that is going to end up. Um, here we go. We got, we got some cards here. So yeah, I used to love playing Pokemon as a kid. Like when I was seven or eight, I was born in the 90s. So most of us did, you know, bring these to elementary school, bring these to middle school. We'd be playing these and i never knew how to play pokemon i don't think i think i just mainly got it for collecting the cards right it was just a lot of fun having that physical kind of um touch point to just have fun with and look at the cards and it's funny because like the other day i was just you know hanging out with my my little niece and she's seven and she's getting into pokemon cards and I was like, whoa, this is a flashback to memory lane. Like, I still have binders of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, of Pokemon cards. And, yeah, I was just obsessed with these as a kid. I couldn't leave a grocery store without pleading with my mom to get another pack of Pokemon cards. And Yu-Gi-Oh, I ended up playing a little bit more um, 
with the actual game itself competitively. I wouldn't even say competitively, but I actively played the game versus, oh, I'm just look at the pretty pictures on these things, right? So um, when it comes to this game, um, again, I'm not experienced. I've never played Magic. I'm not playing any card games currently, so I'm going to have a very baseline knowledge of this stuff. And this is just for me listening to the developers on the announcement of the game, as well as just listening to commentators on YouTube talking about the release of some of this information. So I'm pulling from mainly that. Um, they are saying right off the bat, they're going to have, um, they're going to have adaptation. They're going to have a great way of setting up this first 12 months. It seems like we're going to get maybe three sets of cards released here. First one, Spark of the Rebellion. Second one is uh, Shadows of the Galaxy, and the other one is Twilight of the Republic. So take with that what you will. This first one's going to be all about the Rebels. The second one's going to be all about probably Bounty Hunters and stuff. The third one's probably going to be all about the Clone Wars. Um, what really excites me about this game is the inclusion of every medium of Star Wars, whether it be video games, comics, uh, movies and series, right? All that stuff is fair game. And what's really good for a brand new card game starting up is this is all original artwork. And why that is important is because Fantasy Flight Games has been utilizing the same pool of artwork. So sometimes you'll get a card in Star Wars Armada, which is like your fleet battle game, and that will end up having um, the same artwork as a card. Let's say you have um, uh, some kind of like rebel troop or something. That card might also be in Star Wars armada for some reason i don't know why rebel trooper but you get my drift like so they share and it's been more around lately so it excites me as we see this this artwork which is pretty neat by the way i'm digging this artwork because it's got that comic book feel and the way they can have that comic book feel is all the things have that same imagery so whether it be a darth vader from a movie to a darth vader in a comic book you're gonna see that kind of you're gonna know that this is star wars unlimited the card game um I like how you're going to have two different pools, two different battlefields. It's like all good Star Wars. There's always some good space fight going on. There's always some great ground battle going on, right? You look at Return of the Jedi. You look at the Phantom Menace. You look at the Rise of Skywalker. There's always something with ships and always something on the ground. So it's it's great stuff there. Rogue One. I got to mention Rogue One. I, I can't mention Rise of Skywalker's stuff without mentioning Rogue One. I'd be very much faulty for that. Um so, yeah, I, I like how we're getting that chance of getting both of these on this one um, and, and having that regard. What's great to know about collecting this game is there is going to be a obviously it's a collecting game. So what that means is you're going to have rarities of cards. So if you're very competitive with this game, you're going to be able to collect your cards that you need to make a good deck. And by the way, your decks are created by having a leader character such as Luke or Darth Vader and a base. So you build your decks around those two things. And that's all the information we know so far. We can glean as much as we can from some of the numerical values on the cards themselves. But that's basically the, the gist of that there. Um, when it comes to, yeah, so we got, we got that all going right there um, as far as the cards and, and where you're going with them. So you have uh, the rarity of the cards then. That's where it gets valuable. So, you know, you might get a Grand Moff Tarkin that looks, this is the regular version if you're watching YouTube channel, um, but there might be a holographic kind of version of him, or there might be a one where he's breaking through the frame, right? So you get the chase variants, and that's where you're really going to get a lot of the collectability. So 
I, I'm liking where their mindset is. I don't want to have to look for an Emperor Palpatine that'll take me a hundred packs to get to, but I don't. If it's for like the the holographic version of Emperor Palpatine, then so go so goes it. So I like the myth, you know, the method and, and the mindset of okay, we're not gonna hold all the cards you need to fight in a tournament, but if you want to go for the super good blingy ones, then. Then they're going to be a little harder to get. So um, they also have a whole organized play set up already, set to go for the for the pre-release of this game. Um, by the way, the game's coming out in 2024. So yeah, they are putting this a lot of lead time into this game, a good six months. And I'm hoping this comes out in the beginning of Jan uh, the beginning of January at this rate. But uh, yeah, we have organized play, so you can have events at your local store. You can have your sealed events. Um, which is basically like everybody buys packs and you play the game based on the packs you buy right there. Or they have a draft event where, um, to my knowledge, is like you open up packs, you have a pod of like five or six people, and you all like pass around one pack at a time. You pick out one card out of that pack and you pass it to the next person. They pick another card they want, pass it to the next person until there's no cards left in the booster pack. And then you put another booster pack around. So it's very much like a cool social gathering-esque thing, which I've never been a part of. But, you know... Star Wars will get me to open up my eyes to a lot of things, I gotta say. That's what Star Wars Visions did. I, I really quite like anime now, even though I really haven't watched much of it ever since Visions. At least I have opened my eyes. But I digress again. Um, this is what happens when I record a podcast by myself. Um, I just kind of go on rambles for a while. So hopefully you guys are still listening. Hopefully you are enjoying my deep dive um, as we talk about the tabletop aspect. But then there's another track. So that's all the casual track with the seal, the draft, and all that. But then they have an actual competitive bracket. So you could play at your store level for a point to go to the tournament level, um, which is like the regional tournaments and all that. And you can go to conventions and get more points based on the value of the weight of those events you're going to. And it all adds up. So uh, long story short, yeah, this is a lot more of a deeper dive than I expected to go off the top of my head when I'm talking about Star Wars Unlimited, a brand new uh, trading card game uh, that's coming to us from Fantasy Flight Games. Well... I think that is going to do it. Out of these three tabletop games, if there's a game you could choose, and you could only choose one, what would it be? Would it be Star Wars Legion? Would it be Star Wars Shatterpoint? Or would it be Star Wars Unlimited? Let me know in the comments section down below. Um, that's going to do it for me here. Um, on the channel coming up, you can expect the usual. I'll be talking about Star Wars uh, comics every Wednesday. I think we have Star Wars um, Precedent, which is a uh, High Republic manga coming out next week as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Other than that, I'm going to be painting up my Ahsoka Tano and painting up my Commander Cody for Star Wars Legion. Uh, getting those done before I get an avalanche of miniatures from Star Wars Shatterpoint the following week. So... Um, Milton, you can follow him at MiltonWeber7 on Twitter. You can follow Ben at RealBenMaynard on Twitter. You can follow me at StarRaptor on Twitter. And let me know in the comment section below. How did I do? Did you like this format? Maybe I'll do some of these every once in a while. We'll see. Um, I did it. I'm recording at over almost 35 minutes, which is a little longer than I thought I would be doing by myself. But um, this is what happens when I'm talking about something I'm interested in. I guess that's that's what happens. But anyway, um, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Again, we go live every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern on YouTube.com slash StarRaptor. If you haven't followed the channel and you're listening, do that. And if you are following the channel and you want to listen as an aside to your usual viewing, you can go ahead and 
look us up on any podcast streaming site. Just look us up, Outer Rim Transmission. So that's going to do it for me, Starpter. Thank you so much for watching. Bye-bye and transmission.